to the Homemakers Club podcast. The Homemakers Club is a sisterhood of women who value the old-fashioned ways and traditions of making a house a home. As you listen in each week to conversation between myself and a fellow homemaker, it is my hope that you'll feel as though we are old friends and you're stopping by my home for a long-standing weekly tradition of sweet tea and sweet conversation. As good old friends do, we will celebrate the simplicities of ordinary days and come alongside one another to navigate the joys and hardships of homemaking. It is my prayer that when we say our goodbyes at the end of each episode, you leave with a heart that is enriched and filled with provision so that when you tie your apron strings each morning, you are joyfully ready to create a beautiful and fruitful life within your home. Grab a cup of tea and I'll meet you at the kitchen table. Welcome to the Homemakers Club podcast. Today I have my friend Jenny. You can find her on Instagram at Fitzgerald Lane. I'll include her Instagram handle in the podcast notes so you can easily find her and stop by and say hello. She is just a heart of gold. She has a really rich background that I'm hoping she'll share a little bit with you about her personal journey of homemaking, motherhood, adoption. It is just so rich. She has so many gifts. She's an artist. I have one of her pieces in my home. It's just so beautiful. She just captures the heart of home with her words, the images she shares, and I just absolutely know that you will adore everything she has to offer on her Instagram in her shop and in this conversation. Jenny, I'm so glad you're here. We've been chatting actually for two hours <laughs> before we even pushed record. And I'm just so happy that we've had the opportunity and that Instagram has been a tool for friendship and sisterhood. So thank you for joining me today. Hi, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. It's going to be so sweet and so fun. Um, before we get started, I would love for you to share with the listeners and the homemakers who are joining us a little bit about your journey right now, where you're at within your homemaking life and motherhood. So right now I am raising a sweet four-year-old little girl. We're just, we're just dipping our toe into our fourth year, which has been like magical like it's really a wild crazy year like age I think so that's been really really beautiful and we are I am kind of preparing as a homemaker for a different transition in life I think heading out of like that baby zone and into the more like little girl zone so that's just shifting mentally I'm gonna be going back to part-time work which is been new. I've been like on a quote unquote sabbatical from my counseling practice since I became a mom through adoption and that will be starting. So it's kind of just, I think it's just that continued pattern of juggling hats that I think homemaking really is of just different things you wear each day to keep everything running smoothly so that your family can function and thrive and face whatever the day holds. Your journey has been definitely a testament of seasons. I know in the homemaking community, we talk quite a bit about seasons. And so I know because we're friends and you've told me that you were a teacher at one point 
And then you went back to school, you got your master's in counseling, and then you uh-huh. went through the whole journey of adoption. Now you're in motherhood and then going to go back in part time. I love your history because it's so rich in seasons. And I think you have a lot of wisdom to share because of that. And that's one of the real reasons why I have you on here is because I think you're going to really enrich the lives of women listening to understand what seasons look like in our journeys. Um, But before we even talk about those seasons and the changing in our hearts and how we manage home through those seasons, I'd like to hear a little bit about what you believe the impact of home is and where your heart for home came from. We always say home matters and we hear that a lot like in the homemaking world, like home matters. But Where did that originate from in your heart? Mm. First of all, thank you. I feel like I just got a huge hug with all those (laughs) kind words. Just summarize all whole chapters of my life and and beautifully. And like, that's wow. Well, you share Um, that on your Instagram. And I mean, we obviously we've been talking for two hours before we push this button uh, to record. But from the outside looking in, I could just sum up what I know about you. I mean, you're there's so much more to that, obviously, in what you share. But um, okay, get back to it. What's the heart of home? Where did it come so from? So I feel like that's, I think it's a really good question. And I think like in society, when you hear about homemaking, you think, at least I think first of like decor and like food and maybe gardening. Those are the kind of things like that, the external pieces that come to mind. But for me, I think home really starts in like the heart and soul and your mind as the homemaker. I think you have to have like sanctuary and a posture there kind of like anchored for it to overflow into the building that your family is going to live in so that you guys can all just face life. That's to me, it's really powerful. I think I first became aware of home and the idea of home when I kind of became aware of what I didn't have in a home. So I think it was like those kind of like, wow, this is what it could be. I want that. And I think I started just cataloging things from like a really early age into this file of someday I want this. Even if it was like my friend's mom who pulled the towels really beautifully. I literally got up early after spending the night at her house and watched how she did it. Probably really creepily now that I say it out loud. (laughs) But it was just like all these little moments like, oh, wow, that's what a Saturday can look like. Or that's what that's what it can look like at Christmas. All of these little things all the way to like textiles Mm -hmm. or candles or making bread to just the way people talk to each other and the way they got through conflict together and they press into their faith together. And, you know, all of that became this like mission for me, this goal of that's where I want to go in my future. That's what I want to create. So I think it came out of that. There was always like the country living magazines and all of those beautiful things that, you know, you look at to get this like visual vibe, I think, but the heart of it was really a longing to create something that would be safe and nurturing someday. It's so powerful. And I think that the cultivation of comfort within homes almost like a planting of seeds within people's hearts and that grows with them growing up you collected moments of home I even collected that feeling of home in little brick and mortar shops and like coffee shops like I worked at a flower shop one season um during Valentine's Day and like just being surrounded by women who care about 
the intention and beauty and the smells like on the last podcast with Liz Marie Galvin we were talking about the senses and so it's like you create this cultivation of moments like you were saying and then to recreate those as one magnificent home is so powerful what do you think it does I know you have a background in counseling so I'd like to hear kind of a little professional (laughs) for a moment I'd love to hear your thoughts on what do you think like a positive culture within a home does on someone's being I don't think you can say enough honestly like we know so much about what the negative culture can do and how it doesn't just affect like the generation at hand, but it can affect potentially generations to come. Just what it, the impact it has in the brain and the body. So, and, and, and positive doesn't have to be like perfect. It doesn't have mm. to be, you know, like this award-winning space that you've designed and you're in the kitchen slaving meals every single day. I mean, I want that. I want to create meals mm-hmm. every single night and gather on the table and have this really intentional life, but there are seasons and rhythms. So it doesn't have to be this perfection or this expectation. It just has to be a place where people are safe and nurtured and can communicate and are fighting to communicate more and more as we evolve and change into whoever we're becoming, especially our our little humans. I mean, they go through more developmental stages in those 18 years that they're with us than they will at any other point in their life. Mm -hmm. It's like rapid fire growth. Their little brains are just like happen all over the place. They wake up with a new sense every, like every other day, like, and it's just nuts. And so to give them a place where they can explore their life and their identity as hormones are starting to kick in or as nightmares are coming in their sleep, it's a lot to go through. I think that we can't say enough. There can't be enough said about the power of home, that like nucleus, that place where you can you can become who God's going to have you be. I think it's huge. Almost like a habit. I kept, when you were speaking, I kept thinking of like the habit of home, which mm-hmm. is something I had never really thought of until you're speaking about this because we could get so caught up in like the check boxes of mm-hmm. what we think homemaking is supposed to be, whether it's like, and we all joke at this point, we're like 10 podcasts in about Ashley not being able to keep sourdough starter alive. Like I kill it. But like, (laughs) I think sometimes I get caught up in that, like, oh, a homemaker wears this type of clothing. They have this happy marriage. They have this many children. Their Mm -hmm. home looks like this aesthetic. They make sourdough bread. They garden. They do all these Mm -hmm. things. Like we can create this imaginary checklist. Mm -hmm. But when I give women advice, like I have young women reach out to me and say, well, how do you become a homemaker? How do you create intention in your home? And the first thing I do is I can't give them advice. I can't say this is how you build a home because that is not what homemaking is. It's something I've never believed. I've never thought like you have to be, you can only be a homemaker if you do these things. Mm -hmm. But really it's the idea of creating a habit of home. And so Mm -hmm. then really you sit down and you say, well, what matters to me? Mm -hmm. And why does it matter? Put intention to the actions you're doing within your home. So Okay, sometimes we have chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. It is what it is. But we will always gather around the table. Right now, I'm in the season of my son is 14, and he's starting to have a little bit of freedom with some friends. Like, we live in a teeny tiny town. 
So, but he's experiencing that. And I am absolutely adamant still at 14 years old. You will come home. We are going to have dinner around the table. And then Mm -hmm. you can go back out with your friends since it's summer break or whatever. But like creating moments and the habit of home of what we believe to be incredibly powerful in in the seasons that we're in and and making it a habit is not just the little things that we do, like the clean floors and the making of sourdough bread, but the cultivation of the foundational roots of what we want home to be. And it's Mm -hmm. uniquely ours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a place you have to start at is ask yourself, like, what is home to you? Like I wasn't I was getting my bachelor's and my dorm room, my friends would come to and hang out because that I had it like it was like a little house, you know, and it wasn't because everything matched perfectly. My couch came from the Goodwill or Salvation Army. And I just threw, I mean, it was just because I think the heart of it is what drew people there. And that's where we did our study groups. And that's where we built like this little family, this little pod of people who all were looking for like a little mini home to kind of figure out where we were at in this huge developmental stage. Um, So I think you have to start with this idea of like what because I was, as we were talking about before you push the button, push the button, <laughs> Ooh, the scary button. It was this idea I was sharing that I for so long struggled with even identifying as a homemaker myself, because I didn't have any littles. Like I envisioned my future at 25 pregnant with my first moving right on the list. Like I was going to mm-hmm. just keep on going until, you know, we hit our limit and like that was my dream. That was my plan. And then it just wasn't, it wasn't what God had for us. And now I can say like, thank God that I thank you, Jesus, that that for my infertility and for all those struggles, because we have Nora and Nora, I would do a billion times over for, because she's the most amazing human I've ever met. But that whole journey left me feeling like, well, I don't fit anywhere because I really want to fit in, in this little group where these women who are you know, we we're all passionate about these things, but I'm not chasing kids and up all night, you know, like my whole Saturday, I got to sleep in and I got to have coffee and I just like <laughs> read a book. It's, it's, but that felt like it became this condemning thing, like this thing I had to feel bad about. And I think like that is what we have to start with to be good at like, maybe good's the bad word, maybe to stay protected as a homemaker might be a better word because we live in such a society of comparison and expectations. And I think that I speak to myself and everybody else, expectations are so dangerous. And I think that's where that checkbox thing really falls in. Like I didn't, I expected to have children and that's what you do if you're a homemaker. I expected to have multiple children and homeschool and kill us, kill a sourdough bread. And like, <laughs> you know, like everything's from scratch when guy cooks. That's my husband. He likes to cook way more than I do. I would much, I love to bake. He cooks. And that's, that's different than maybe what people would traditionally think for a homemaker. So I think that is like a place you have to begin of like, what's real, what really feels like home to you. And what is the stuff you just need to get rid of in silence? Cause it doesn't have a place in your life. And it's so powerful and freeing to be able to do that, mm-hmm. to allow yourself to ditch those like preset expectations and sometimes it comes from society or like what we see on Instagram but really to filter out that and create that like claiming of who you are in the season you're in and then you have the power to claim your home and build your home and that's ultimately like what I'm trying to teach women within the homemaking community and on the homemakers club platform is that you have the power 
to claim your own home. So like the encouragement I try to share, it's just encouragement. I try really hard to not have a check mark next to what I share. It'll apply at some point in your season. You're going to maybe look back at that Homemakers Club post because <laughs> you maybe saved it and it might apply to you at that point. But everything I try to share is very much just empowering but it could be applicable or not in that season and it's it's not you have to feel this way today to be a homemaker because I don't want to be that I don't want the homemakers club to be that and I don't believe that most of the women within the homemaking community are trying to portray that as well they're just trying to share the heart of their home and encourage other women to go do the same thing even if it looks different I might really love sourdough bread, but I can't make it. But I can make a killer <laughs> artisan bread. Like, I, I I see what other women are doing, and I don't – I have allowed myself to give myself the freedom to break that shackle of comparison and be inspired by what other women are doing and then go recreate it in, on my own terms if it's an appropriate time for me in my season right now. Right now I'm not doing much of anything but – trying to rest like and I'm okay with that because we have to learn how to check those expectations of ourselves and our homes at the door Mm -hmm. yeah and I think like the more the more like as coming into motherhood kind of I feel like later to the game especially in the midwest that's where I live I feel like my little group of people my sweet friends like I was definitely later to the game than the rest of them But what I did learn from them, well, a ton, but I learned that nobody's story really checks the box. Mm -hmm. Like nobody's story is really this Hallmark version. And not that I don't love Hallmark, I have to say, because I do, I love it. It's my favorite thing to go to at the end of the day, just check out. But it's it's not, if we're not careful, we can absorb what feels good as like a truth. And then we put this, I, I do this, I put this pressure to become this like, version so that I can fulfill this dream I've had. And then when it doesn't happen, there's so much shame. And I think that's the dangerous place we can fall into. So I think like that's whether it's like your, your birthing story, whether it's your child's academic level, they're dealing with disabilities, dealing with adoption, whatever it is that you're dealing with within your home, your marriage, your own stuff that you're processing through those kind of expectations make us feel like we're alone in it. When really, I think the thing that binds us all together as women, which is so beautiful about the homemakers club, why I was so drawn to it was the, like the community of, wow, like this isn't, I'm not actually alone in this. And we've all got, we've all deviated from this. I like ideal and thank God, thank God that we can all kind of gather together and say like, yeah, but this was really messed up for me. And this first year was awful with my brand new baby. And I hate baking and cooking. Or <laughs> I'm the worst with laundry. Laundry is my, I say every week I'm going to do it every day. I'm going to do a load every day. This is not hard stuff. Every day I say, I'll do it tomorrow. And at the end of the week, it's like, I've got five loads of laundry to fold and put away. It's just, it's my battle. It is my daily battle. But like, that's, it's because we're all human. That's and real that's life. Like, yeah. And it's beautiful. It's so much more beautiful than the fake. It's so, I shouldn't say fake. I, it's so much more beautiful than this, like, two-dimensional idea Mm -hmm. it's so much more rich and there's like that's where we can come alongside of each other and like cry with each other and grieve with each other and the women that cheered me on because I started Instagram while we were starting our adoption journey I was in a really dark place we had 
tried to get pregnant and I was coming off of like the hormone battlefield and then heading into the adoption world, which we had already started before that. We always felt called to it, headed into that. So all of that was kind of happening on Instagram as my account was growing, which wasn't even intentional. I was just sharing. I just needed a place to share like beautiful moments and put them out there so that they could be really real and tangible because everything felt so heavy and dark in my own life. But the women that came alongside of me and just encouraged and loved and poured in, it was, it was some of the most beautiful community I've ever seen. And there were strangers on the internet, just, but they're women who walk their own roads and it it resonated with them because they walked it too. Some variation, some, some break from this ideal that we think we have to live up to. And I think it carried me through in a huge way. It's why I never stopped doing Instagram, even though my job and things are shifting there's too much, there's so much rich, richness for me there. And what God used that, those beautiful women to do to carry me through what I, we would still yet to go through. I think that's the gift we can give to each other by like that authentic living. It's funny. We were talking about the check. Uh, it's not funny, actually. The check marks. <laughs> Which I'm not even going to edit this out. <laughs> this is the oh check marks. I've been on the phone for a really long time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's not funny. It's not funny at all. The check boxes that we create, we create these check boxes. There's nowhere on Instagram or social media anywhere or Pinterest or Google or wherever this says to be a homemaker, you have to like, I've never seen anything like that in my life, which makes, I guess it kind of funny because we are creating our own darn check boxes and it, mm-hmm. it's like an application that doesn't even exist that we're creating on ourselves and then it, and then we are sad that we're not checking these boxes but they're imaginary boxes because just because women are sharing moments of beauty and like you said you are sharing it through a really dark season in your personal world mm-hmm. So to take a photo of something beautiful and share it with a really wise caption or just something like simple, like this is a really darn good cherry pie, like whatever uh, it is. Happy Friday. I think yeah. I said a lot. Happy Friday. Like <laughs> Friday. <laughs> like, whatever it is, like those aren't check boxes. Those are moments that they felt worthy of taking a photo of and sharing with their friends and family and then potentially you know, hundreds or thousands of followers that happen to want to be friends with her. But like, that is just so, it's a mindset, really. You can look at it as two ways. You can see all these beautiful squares popping up in your Instagram feed. Well, you choose to follow them for one. And so Mm -hmm. you can look at those squares as check boxes and be like, oh, didn't bake that pie today. My laundry room is a disaster. And so I'm, I'm voluntarily looking at these beautiful photos as check boxes to what I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at them and be like, this is really beautiful. And having the knowing that I've talked about before, like these women are just simply capturing a beautiful moment for the day. Those squares that you scroll past every day is like, are they checkmark boxes that you're going to be disappointed in because you're personally creating these expectations of what you should or shouldn't be doing or find inspiration, beauty, and relatability knowing that these are real women with messy kitchens. We're real women. And it's so powerful to come alongside one another and join hands and make home together. Yeah, and I think if you think, like I always talked about how 
it felt like it's like a modern day quilting circle. Like, so we, like all of a society has always struggled with connectivity. So it used to be like geographically, like we were just, where homes were so far apart and you had to travel the town to like be together. So these like intentional moments now we're piled on top of each other, but we live such like isolated lives. It's always been an issue, different like mm-hmm. context, but really what we're doing, I think when we're doing Instagram, at least for me anyways, it's a, it is feeling like I'm connecting. Like I put a time-lapse on and I clean in my kitchen. I don't think I've ever felt that motivated or like, (laughs) I'm going to knock this out. All of a sudden it feels like you've got like people in your pocket cheering for you. And I think it takes so much more courage to cheer for somebody that you see doing something that maybe you think you can't do, or you've always wanted to do, or maybe it's just not your gifting or, or maybe it's something you never wanted to do, but you wish you did to step up and say like, okay, I'm going to put this piece, this longing, this ache and give that, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to work through that so that my, so that what I can really do here is cheer somebody on who's doing something beautiful. Mm-hmm. That I think takes so much more from us and gives so much to ourselves and just to the world, because there's nothing, I don't know. And it, it's, a, it's really beautiful when somebody comes alongside you and makes you feel seen and like validate something that you did just because they just want to love on you. But it's like this idea of like, that's making home for everybody. Like, mm-hmm. right. It doesn't have to just be in our buildings. Like we can create this sense of safety and love in our relationships. We can do it in a DM in our inbox. It can be with the person at the gas station. To me, that's what home is. It's this extension of love to people because we're all facing stuff like dark stuff, heavy stuff. That's the biggest thing that counseling has taught me mm-hmm. that you walk into the trenches with people and you hear what their stories are and it's heartbreaking. And to give the gift of letting somebody feel seen or a moment of home, I think that's so powerful. And we do, and we give our kids the ability to do that by creating that within our actual building. You know what I mean? Like, I hope that that's what I'm doing for Nora, that we have these routines and these rhythms that our family just, we just do so that she can go out and do really brave, scary things and take that home with her and extend it to other people. Um, do you teach? So I know she's a little one, she's four, but do you have plans to teach her the homemaker way? Like you're saying to be able to, cause home, we say like, okay, home is the cultivation of comfort, a place to be seen, to be heard, to be loved, to be able to be rest, refueled and revived to go out into the world. Like that's kind of, I think the heart of the homemaker is we pour those things into people that gather within our home, whether it's husband, children, friends, whoever comes into our home and gathers at our table. That's kind of like the home we place in their hearts. Mm -hmm. But how do we do that with our children? So then that way, not only are they carrying their experience and memory of home that we've created for them, but to be able to recreate that. Mm -hmm. Do you have plans for doing that or do you have any ideas? Well, I think there's like two ways. There's like the practical way. So Nora and I just do everything together. So we were helping a friend move and we were cleaning up her like old house before the new house. And Nora just knew, like, I'm like, okay, here's some spray. And it's really like a Mrs. Meyers bottle, mostly Mm -hmm. water and a little bit of, you know, and she's, she's doing it with me and we're making it, I think something that I needed as a child that I hope I'm giving to her is we're making it fun. So the only way for me to be able to do that for her is my expectations have got to be in check. You know, like I have to have my plate heart in a place and not that I ever do it perfectly because again, that's like a false expectation, Mm -hmm. but 
let's, let's do this and let's have fun with it. Like what's beautiful in this moment? Like what's great. And I try to be very verbal with her about all the things I see her doing well. Like Nora, look at, that's amazing. That was so thoughtful. And I try to attach like emotions to what she's mm-hmm. doing so that she can identify, start building that like intelligence within herself. Like I saw the way you picked that up for our friend. That was so kind of you. You could, or like, I saw the way you found that just little note, like noticing those beautiful moments that she's creating. Cause it's easy as parents, especially as, at this age to be like, no, 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 no. And I for sure fall into that. The way I combat it is I try to like, make sure that my positive way out balances that because I think that creates more positive behavior, like that positive reinforcement. And so I think that's like the practical piece and when we're cooking. She cooks with me. If I'm baking. She's baking with me. And definitely there, listen, like, there are definitely times where I'm like, I just want to put this together and not worry about Go color. so much mess mm-hmm. that's going to come from like us doing this together. But that's, that's the, like the piece that you push into that, like sacrifice, I think of the homemakers, like you're, these are the moments like right now. And there's days where I'm like, okay, honey, I'm just going to do this. You do this. Like just to be completely transparent and right. this out 24 seven where she's, you know, at my feet all the time. But for the most part, we're, we're walking through that together and I'm teaching her basic skills, like how to knead bread and how to do the dishes. And we're going to go do chores now. And this is what we have to do. I'm sorry that you want to play that game. I want to play that with you, but instead we're going to go help this person because they're having a really hard day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we put that aside, but we'll do that. Just, just those kind of like real life lessons, taking advantage of them. Mm -hmm. Like talking through it. I know Mm -hmm. one thing that I really try, well, mentally the idea of cause and effect is Mm -hmm. something that I've been really processing, especially in the last two years, but with the homemakers club and trying to understand like actually what homemaking is and how I can explain it to people because now I'm being asked these questions whereas before I just lived the life um but one thing that I do within my home is I explain why so here's the action here's the why and Mm -hmm. so my kids are understanding like we're gonna do this because it's gonna bless this person and how is it going to bless this person well we're going to help them move because they have no one else to help them and it may not be the most fun but we'll get lemonade along the way but we're doing hard things today because we're going to pour into this person and love on them or we do may day flowers it's something that we love doing and we specifically pick certain people within our area to deliver to and i explain why we're doing it is this isn't just delivering flowers on the first day of may they understand the history of may day for one and then secondly it's the communication of like we chose this person and now they're at the point where they pick who we deliver flowers to and it is so powerful because they're not just picking like oh we're gonna go to our best friend's houses we do deliver to their very best friends because they're they're dear friends of ours, but they're picking men who were warriors and who are alone, and they're picking women who are widows, and and, and they're picking people that they know that these flowers are going to bless their day, and it's just, they would not have known that had I not taught them that. Right. And so I think the idea of cause and effect and taking a moment to explain the why behind the action 
It's something that we are so empowered to do within our homes. We gather at the table for this reason to to verbalize that intention to our children is planting seeds for their future. Right. Like even on Instagram really is something that I'm really trying to encourage women to do is like explain why you're doing it. It doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't have to be scriptural based. Like it doesn't have to be anything. It could simply say, this is why I'm doing it. Because when we share why we do things, we're giving people the power to take off that check mark box and be like, oh, you know what? Gathering around the table is far more important than what I actually made for dinner in this season of my life. And that is powerful. And that I believe is walking people home, whether it's in our homes or our neighbors or women on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's just that communication piece too, you know, like you're building that you're communicating to them the heart of it. And then you're, you're acting it out. One thing that we do every night is we're laying in bed, I'm tucking her in and I say, what are three things that you're thankful for today? Just that idea. I talk about it all the time on Instagram. It's what carried me through some of the darkest seasons is that idea of looking for the beautiful moments and like the mundane, the most mundane thing. Like, what is it that you do every day that you just hate and what can you find that's beautiful there? And so trying to just build a base for her to start looking for that, you know, and for her, it's like super silly. Like I got to jump or daddy tickled me or we got a puppy Mm -hmm. or now she's starting to say things she wants me to do. Like (laughs) that maybe you'll give me candy tomorrow. But my hope is that I'm building in her this awareness and this tool of being able to hunt for those things in her every day so that she can kind of create that foundation. Because I think that is what carries us through homemaking because really homemaking a lot of times is 1000 mundane tasks every single day that you're going to do over and over and over again, mm-hmm. that you're like, I'm doing this today so that I can get up again tomorrow and do it again. Like it's going to be the same. It's, yeah. I'm going to have to clean the kitchen again tomorrow, <laughs> probably three times. So that is super defeating to me. If I get in that like realm, what can I do? That's going to make it special is it going to be music a candle like a cup of tea coffee for me usually Mm -hmm. or what can I find that's beautiful here like what am I living right now that I prayed for what am I living right now that I always hoped for that I'm still not reaching this like checkbox or this expectation so that I'm almost discontent in the right now because I like this still isn't perfect and this still isn't perfect and maybe my kitchen doesn't look like this or maybe my weight's like this or my hair's falling out all of those things what can we do in those moments where we can kind of say like what are our expectations and what's actually really beautiful and where am I really at when I had a counselor say to me once it was the most powerful thing she I think anybody's ever said was Jenny what if you're there what if you're already there the moment you were always hoping for and maybe there's refinement that has to happen and we always have to grow but what if you're there right now like this is there this is that moment that you dreamt of and if you if you just open your eyes and look around you can see it and I think that just changed how I started to filter the kind of these things I didn't quote unquote want to do and they suddenly became like gifts and I think that spirit of gratitude is kind of at the heart of for me, homemaking and how I like try to raise Nora in a way that's hopefully going to cultivate that for her and her kids and whatever she decides to do with her amazing little life. I don't know. <laughs> I really believe that, like we were saying earlier about like the habit of home, 
so many things that we do it's easier to do them like the mundane tasks if we create a habit of like gratitude and joy so you're saying during your so teaching nora three things like every night reflect on three positive beautiful moments of your day they change through the seasons Mm -hmm. do you still do that for yourself yeah, so I found an amazing author. Authors are funny because people love them or hate them. But mm-hmm. my, this author, God brought into my life at the perfect time. Her name's Ann Voskamp. And she wrote this book about like gratitude and blessings and stuff. And it was just such a, I mean, I've always heard about positivity and negativity and like, oh, I want to be positive and glass half full and all that stuff. But like, how do you do that? How do you really do that and mean it? Like, it's super easy to say it, but how do you really do it? And, and- it's easy to do it when you're in a rich abundant Mm -hmm. season when you're in a Mm -hmm. dark season it's very very hard it is I feel like it's it feels counterintuitive like it feels like you're it's like this isn't right like this isn't because I'm grieving or I'm hurting or it's like pain and joy pain and happiness can't coexist and I think that's the thing that they have to do for us to sustain like all the storms we have to face in life so I started reading that book and I'm going to paraphrase her verbiage but it was something like it's a muscle that we have to start using. So the only way to start being able to do this like gratitude mindset, it's definitely not from a place of shaming yourself of like, oh my gosh, I'm so ungrateful. And why can't I be more grateful for the fact that I have a roof and food? Like, I think I said that in a post a while back. And we hear that from, we hear that from pulpits. We hear that from speakers. We hear it all the time. Like this, we hear like, be grateful. And then right away, we have this like message of shame to the person, like for not being that. Well, it's not something you just step into and just like click. It's a habit. You have to literally start to build the muscle of gratitude. And so I started doing my thousand things list. And I just every day gave myself a number of how many things I was going to try to write down to be grateful for. So it was super concrete, black and white, nothing romantic about it. Like literally you're going to come up with 16 things today that you're grateful for. The darker the season was, the harder I fought for the number. And I tried to like not just repeat like, oh, I'm grateful for air and like, <laughs> I have shoes. I'm and, glad I can breathe today. Yes, <laughs> like both of my hands are working. Like, you know, it just like really, what was a moment? What felt um, powerful? And then there was another part to it that helped me like strengthen this muscle. And it's this idea of like reflecting each day, like in the morning, where did you feel like you really felt God? Like, where was he really powerful? And where did you feel like you didn't? And then what would you like for tomorrow? So taking a step back to look at your day and say, what went well, what what didn't, and where do I need to bring God into this and really talk about it? And then building that for the tomorrow, that all helped me. So I still do my gratitude list. It's still part of my quiet time. I still set a number. And I hope someday that that Nora will go through them and just like see her name all over them. And my friends are on them and the people in my life and the grocery store lady who blessed me the other day when my card wasn't working. I was almost like, I hate that feeling. Mm-hmm. You're like in front of people. And she just is like, here, here's $5. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. Those are the, those, we live in a really hard world. Mm-hmm. So we have to fight really hard for those things. And then once you start to tune into them, it's like, you can't stop seeing them. You literally build a muscle so strong that it becomes instinctive and you just, you just, it just becomes, you still have to fight for it. You still have to show up every day, just like anything else. But that habit becomes like the most, it's been the most life-giving habit that I think I've ever put into place. And it has a, can you say it's directly affected your home life? I, yeah, I do. I think so for sure. And I think just the way we communicate, I think in my marriage, the things that we've had to face um, working through family dynamics and healing relationships. I think even in looking at the way I was raised, 
and being authentic about what hurt, but also being authentic about what I can say like, oh, well, this piece right here, I'm really glad I had that piece. And thank you for that piece. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's having both the pain and the joy and being okay with them living like side by side, I think is a really powerful place to be. And fighting for the good and then creating that beauty within your home with your hands and your heart, I think is something really powerful too. So reflecting on the beautiful moments of your day, but then that almost is like a catalyst to wanting to create more beautiful moments. So it could be as simple as just like eating with the nice dishes that mm-hmm. elevates a mundane moment mm-hmm. or going for a walk with your husband and having a popsicle like just mm-hmm. I I delight in the little moments because those are free moments that I can create that I can count as a blessing of my day and yeah. they can be just so simple like I have two little mason jars full of sprinkles and it elevates everything for me. And it's so funny. Like we can have pancakes like Bisquick. It's not even homemade from scratch. But my daughter loves sprinkles in her pancakes. Or we just put a few sprinkles on our cookies or on our ice cream. But those little tiny details elevate mm-hmm. my role within my home. Mm-hmm. That every night I could I could count these little blessings because I took a moment to make the ordinary extraordinary, whether it's with sprinkles or the nice dishes or hanging clothes on the line or my two tomato plants while everyone else has five acre gardens. I mean, not five acres. That's a lot of work, but like (laughs) some really big gardens. I don't even know what people with property have because we don't have it. We don't even have it. We have four tiny garden beds and I have two tomato plants and my strawberries are not turning red. Like, I don't know what's going on, but like, I, I'm grateful for what I have because I'm making do within my means and I'm creating moments of opportunities to reflect throughout the day of like, this is really nice. Like my pancakes hold sprinkles in them and I'm sitting at the table with my children to just be grateful in the moment. Mm-hmm. that we have the opportunity and we hear all the time women saying like it's a get to mindset mm-hmm. I get to do this that is so powerful and so special and it's just like a claiming of our homes mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's huge I think that's like the foundation of most like counseling practices too this like cognitive behavioral therapy idea and that's literally what that is like if you go through and take some of the negative things that you're listening to all the time in your head just like take account just like tune into them and, and write them down. Like, just take a moment. I'm gonna take 10 minutes while I'm doing it just, and just be aware of what I'm really thinking about myself and my home and my life, write it down. And then say like, how much of this is really true? Mm-hmm. I had to do that today because I was feeling like my house is a disaster. I love to clean. I love to organize like fresh linens and candles. And just, I keep saying bread. I think we've talked about bread a lot, today. <laughs> but like all of those things, those like tactile and like sensory things, just calm and anchor me and make me feel so cozy and I love it but none of that was happening today like none of it the house is still a mess it's just nothing nothing got checked off the list to do it was just one of those days where like let's just get through it we all of us are feeling cruddy we've been sick all you know what I mean and I had to remind myself of that's not who you are that's not not who you are you're this is just a day it's Mm -hmm. not who you are Mm mm-hmm 
and saying like, what am I really saying to myself right now? Jenny, you're failing. You're such a bad mom right now. Why aren't you playing this really amazing game? Or did you even make dinner? Or all that stuff is so bad and negative. And we just ingest it without even realizing it. And I think you mentioned shackles earlier. I think that's what we were building, like our own chain link. Mm-hmm. That's going to just lock us into this little space within our head where we, we're not listening to the truth anymore. And I think when we become like hunters, that's Anne's words, not mine, of God's beauty, and we tune into it and like the love song that's being sung to us every day, it's not out of like a shame. I have to keep saying this because I think I see this so much. It's not out of shame that we're not quote unquote grateful because let's be real. Most of us are facing in a day, some really hard stuff mm-hmm. and it's really challenging to be in pain and also fight for beauty. I think that's the piece we have to go to, to be able to face what's to come. That's how I got through the fertility. We had three matches that failed or adoption rather three matches that failed you know it was just so much heartbreak coming off of so much other heartbreak and I don't know that I would have come to the place that I needed to be to get ready for Nora if it God hadn't shown me this like way of thinking and I definitely came at it from a place of shame initially and he gently like was like no 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 like this is not what we want this is not how we get there so Mm -hmm. so do you have any ideas that women can incorporate within their routine through their seasons of either the comparison checklists or the gratitude idea or replacing the negative thoughts with positive thoughts? You've mentioned a couple of them, but I'd like to kind of like summarize some tools mm-hmm. that women can use before we close this for the day. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is you've got to get it out of your head. It can't stay in your head. You've either got to write about it, talk about it, like it, text it to a friend, put it in your notes on your phone, but it can't just stay there because if it's, when it stays there, it grows into this like huge monster and it snowballs. When you can get it outside, you can, it's like tangible. You can look at it and you can say like, okay, this is not truth. This is a lie. Or if I'm not sure if this is truth or not, then who's that trusted person I can lean into to say like, okay, I really believe this about myself. And um, they'll probably quickly be like, you're wrong. Yeah, no. And this is why. And that's the beauty of like that, like living together as women and and what you're creating with the homemakers club, because we can come together and say like, I just, I just really dropped the ball today. And I feel like I'm the worst mom ever. Like, okay, well, Jenny, that was a day. And that's, those days are important. That teaches Nora that she doesn't always have to be on. She doesn't always have to be performing and doing. And so I think first get it out of your head. Um, I write, I'm a prayer journaler, like crazy. I have so many of them. I actually end up throwing them away because I'm like, there's too many. I don't know what to do with them all. And then I write down, if I'm having a really heavy day and I'm struggling a lot, I'll start to take account of what's in my head. Like, what am I really hearing? I do that before I even address, like, what am I ingesting? Like, what's the voice saying in my head and who am I listening to? Write it down. And then I go through and talk about like, what's truth and not truth. And do I need help seeing that? And then I do my gratitude list. So I give myself like, this is how many I'm going to do in this season of life each day. And I fight for it every day. And there's definitely days it does not happen, but the overarching theme is I'm trying to sit down and be intentional each day and tune into um, what's beautiful around me. It's the best when I just have it out or with me and I'm doing it. But most often it's usually early in the morning. Cause I, I have to get up super early to beat Nora mm-hmm. and have quiet time. That's usually when I'll just sit down and reflect on the day before and write down those things. I love what you're saying about you're addressing both sides. Yeah, you have to. The painful and the hard and mm-hmm. leaning into trusted, healthy people that can take you out of that. Because some friends, they like to join you in that. 
Yeah. No, you don't want anybody who's going to feed the fire. It's a safe rule to use for people who you're going to go to about marriage issues, but they're going to feed the fire. That's probably not the best place to go to, to help you get out of an area that Mm -hmm. you need help with. Okay. So that's really good wisdom because that's something easy to do. Sometimes it's easy to call a friend who's going to join you in that fire and be like, oh yeah, I agree. Your husband is being whatever. And then you're more upset Mm -hmm. after the call than someone who's going to speak truth. And that's why I love, I have a couple of really great dear, dear friends. And that's one of the reasons why I love them so much is because they can say, wow, that was really messed up. What are we going to do about that? How can we Mm -hmm. fix the situation? I agree with the situation, but, or actually, Ashley, I think he was right. Like those are the best of friends. They know your goal. They know your heart and what you're true, what you really, where you really want to go. And they're going to fight to get you there. Definitely affirm you and validate your pain, but then also help you fight to get to the next place. I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. And stay very on course with what your true life's goal is. I'm Jenny. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for giving some women some ideas. I know with your professional background and then your heart for home, I think so many (laughs) women are going to be equipped with some tools for the heart shaping of their own hearts as they Mm -hmm. tend to home. So today was really lovely. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Ashley. It was the best. It was, it was amazing. I loved it. It was the best three hours on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome to the Homemakers Club. Make friends with someone within the homemaking community. And this is real breathing testimony to the power of women coming together. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank y'all for being here and for the work you are doing within your homes and sharing home with the world. I believe with my whole heart that every day, the more we share home and the art of homemaking, we are upholding the way in which home was intended to be, productive, fruitful, and beautiful. Though your days may seem ordinary, little by little, you are building something quite extraordinary. Keep up the good work, my friends. If you haven't already, I encourage you to join our sisterhood on Instagram at wearethehomemakers for daily encouragement and fellowship. And of course, subscribe here as well. We are the homemakers gathered for good. See y'all next week.